0: Welcome to the We Rock DM podcast, your source for all things digital marketing. Join hosts Daniel Bissett and Tricia Olberg as they explore the latest trends and share their expertise on how to succeed in the digital age. Tune in for expert advice on search engine optimization, social media marketing, and content strategy. We make kick-ass stuff kick-ass. So join us and learn how to rock your digital marketing. and welcome to We Rock DM Amplified. We are your hosts, Daniel Bissett and Tricia Oldberg. Today, we're thrilled to welcome an exceptional guest to our show, Chris Burns, a digital marketing consultant, dynamic speaker, author, podcaster, and a champion of making social media fun and easy to navigate. A true multi-talent, Chris brings a wealth of experience as an entrepreneur, adjunct professor, and over 20 years in marketing. He'll be shedding light on how businesses can stand out by effectively utilizing digital marketing and social media. So get ready, stay tuned, and let's delve into this enriching conversation with Chris Burns. Chris Burns, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining us
1: today. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here.
2: Hey, Chris.
0: We are excited to uh, have you. So, you know, when we started doing this podcast, kind of the angle... Was let's do a podcast helping small business owners figure out how they can go about improving their own digital marketing strategies. How they can maybe make some minor tweaks and changes to their websites to improve performance, or you know, better graphics, or better branding, or or better user experience. Um, and that's a tall task. This has kind of. It's it's kind of changed though. It is a tall task because most people, to be honest, probably can't um, can't make those changes. But uh, at least not big changes. Small changes they can make. And but this this podcast has kind of turned into talking to other professionals in the industry about just you know, fun, digital marketing things that are happening or new twists, or there's been a lot of talk on AI, which I'm more than happy to delve into uh, today again, because I love that space. But, um, you know, when we uh, look at your, your website, I am chris Burns.com, for those of you listening. Um, I, I feel like I'm looking at myself clearly you and I look different, but i um, you know, I'm, uh, I'm a, uh, an instructor of digital marketing at UT McComb School of Business for their digital marketing boot camps. Uh, I, I do consulting and uh, I mean, it just feels like another one of me, a doppelganger as it were. Uh, so I'm really excited because I know that in this space with digital marketing, there are so many um, facets and avenues and lanes that we can go down and it looks like your, your lane, your flow um, is not my happy. And um, I'm kind of excited to talk to you today to just maybe reinvigorate and, and find, rediscover, as it were, the joy in social media marketing. So um, yeah. do you mind like if we kind of go that direction for a while?
1: I, I wanna go any direction you wanna go. I'm an open book. I think that makes for the best conversation.
2: Yeah. Yeah. We were, we were just complaining about social media right before you uh, joined the podcast, Chris. (laughs) So we would love some tips. (laughs) Yeah. So where would you like to start? What, 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 what is the, okay. Here's, here's my question. So you say that you can make digital marketing, I'm sorry, social media marketing. Any kind of marketing really. What, Okay. Okay. So, so tell me about that. What, like, how, how, how? What do you think is fun about this? Yeah. Because a lot of people do not think social media marketing is fun. I know, fun.
1: even more so now than right? five years ago. I think results are fun. I think growth is fun. Yeah. Being um, more confident because you're going to be more confident when you're generating results um, and you're seeing that happen. But, and it's interesting when I was. Um, I'll tell you a quick story about my tagline on LinkedIn is I remember I worked for an agency for a long time, and I did a lot of networking, both online, offline, in person, and stuff like that. And I remember having to introduce myself. and I always struggled because at, I was even an entrepreneur at the time, and I'm like, well, am I Chris the entrepreneur who does this, or am I Chris who does that, or am I Chris that does both? but then how do I sound really interesting? And I had heard some people talk about themselves. I'm like, ah, it sounds really arrogant or that sounds slimy. And I'm like, well, that sounds way too audacious. And it hit me that as I started to work on my personal brand just recently in the last couple of years, uh, I would say things like Chris Burns, author, podcaster, small business owner, uh, digital marketing consultant. And so I had someone look at my website who I respect a lot, who's a consultant. He's like, you know, you just sound like a guy who manages social media. And it really hit me. I was like, oh, wow. Like, I really do sound like everybody else. And I, I didn't want that. So I played around with uh, some different things. And it I finally it finally hit me. Um, I changed it to Digital Dreamweaver because I, I like to weave in different things. And every client, every person I talk to, you weave in something a little bit different because not every strategy is the same. And then I, I came up with this tagline. Because it, it really, truly is what I've always tried to do. I've tried to make it so simple, it's easy. And so easy, it's fun. And it's always fun when you're generating results. So like, okay, easy, fun results. And I put it together. And so a lot of times when I'm working with clients, um, they don't know what's working and what's not working. They don't know what they should be doing, or maybe they're not doing the right things. There's, there's a lot of different things going on. So I always start, and this used to be our motto is give away the farm. I will educate. And along with the ed- education, I'm trying to talk them up. I'm trying to inspire them and say, look, this isn't that hard. And then it's like, okay, well, well then they'd say, well, what do I do? And I'd say, okay, well, here's the game plan. Here's two or three things you need to do right now. And like, that's it. So yeah, that that's it, Right. Uh, but that might just be for Facebook or that might be just for social media. It's not not a fix-all. It's not for everything. But if you want results on this one platform or this one thing, which is social media, here's where I would start. Here's what phase one looks like. Phase two might be this. Let's worry about phase three when we get past phase one. And just making it to the point where I can do that. Yeah, I can do two things. I can do three things. Okay. Well, then it's not so stressful and cumbersome. All right. So I got them going. We got some momentum. We're, we're growing our following. We're growing reach. We're generating some web traffic. Okay. Because you can't go from no reach, no engagement, no web traffic to generating $20,000 in sales. There, there's a big gray area in the middle, and there's several phases of that. So we have to go from A to B, B to C, C to D, and so on and so forth. That's an infinite journey if you're in business for a decade or a couple decades. So, Okay. What are we going to do right now to get us to point B and then to point C? That, that's this, this year, maybe in the next six months. And that seems a little less stressful, a little less overwhelming. So again, we're making it easy and we're giving only a couple of things. And I'm giving them the things that are going to generate results. So right now, you guys are in digital marketing. I, uh, I talk on a lot of podcasts. And I host my own digital summit here. And I, I was asking people, I'm like, hey, who, who here is using vertical video? And there's like 20% of the hands are up. And I said, okay, keep your hands up. If you're consistently posting vertical video anywhere in social media, like a bunch of hands go down and I'm looking around the room. There's 220 people because I ask a lot of questions when I'm on stage and, uh, I'm looking at maybe 10% of the room. And I said, okay, um, I'm going to tell you about a, a quick little example Um, I was speaking on stage and they wanted me to speak about vertical video and the impact it has right now. So I went to my couple of my businesses and I'm like, okay, organic posts, just photo posts on, on Instagram versus reels on Instagram, which are vertical video. And I'm not kidding. The reach was 6,000 times greater plus, and the engagement was 3,000 times greater. And so I just said, look, here's the deal. Most of you are out there posting on Facebook five times a week, only for it to reach 60 people. And the two likes that you get are from your mother and your sister. And everybody's laughing. And I'm like, well, you're laughing. Cause it's true. Right. I see all these heads nod. I'm like, why do you continue to do the same thing? Hoping and praying you're going to get results, but we all know you won't. And they're Like, Oh, social media is not working. I'm like, that's because you're doing stuff that will not generate results. So I'm not telling you to not post organically, but instead of doing it five times a week, do it once a week, twice a week. Use that extra time and make one reel. Why wouldn't you want for free, you can reach 6,000 people and maybe more if your content's really good. You could wake up, if you were an early adapter on TikTok five years ago, seven years ago, you could wake up and have half a million views on a video for free. Why wouldn't everybody wants that, but nobody wants to put the work in to do it. And oh, by the way, I mean, just when you're just getting started, you could create a reel in a half hour or less. If you get really good, you could create it in about five minutes or less. And so if we're looking for new eyeballs and new people, let's focus on doing the things that generate results. Because posting organically, you know this, the organic reach, the algorithm is less than 10%. It's not your fault. It's not my fault. It's, it's not I your mean, client's fault. It's, it's a fact.
0: On, if you're on Facebook, it's if you're on Facebook, it's one to two percent. It Instagram probably is now, maybe ten yeah. percent,
1: but I, I don't but even Facebook know if Instagram's is that organic is,
0: pre-engagement. It's so bad.
1: Yeah, it's becoming pay-to-play, and again, this is not your fault. For those yeah. of you listening, this is to appease stockholders to make more money to be more profitable because the ad game is the big game. And that's the other thing: is you got to be in the ad space. You got to be running some ads. and Be proactive. I could go, I won't go down that rabbit hole because once you get me going, I'll just keep going and and take over the whole podcast. But you got to do things that work that generate results. And so you have to be willing to step outside your comfort zone and do some things and try some things for more than a couple of days before you tell, oh, it doesn't work. Mm -hmm. I've heard that before. It's because you're not doing it right. It does work and it does work very well. But chances are your content sucks, your copy sucks and you're not doing things with a purpose. There's no strategy. If you have no strategy,
0: no. So your marketing you, sucks. Do you think that um, Meta's threads is an opportunity for early adopters, or do you think that it's going to go under?
1: <laughs> I don't know that anything Facebook does will go under. I think it needs some time. Um, it it had the type mm-hmm. of growth when it started in the first two weeks that AI had almost, uh, there was a lot of growth because people were trying to to get that leverage and that advantage. I don't know. I think that if Twitter continues on the path it's on, they've got a lot of negativity because Elon is being too vocal with his politics. Uh, so people are kind of going after him. I like Twitter. I'll always like Twitter um, unless they do something to astronomically change the platform. I don't see them beating Twitter out anytime soon, but if you are looking for an edge and an mm-hmm. advantage, I would say you should try it. But as I say with anything is don't put all your eggs into one basket and don't invest too much time. Just try it out. And when I say by try, I mean post the threads once or twice a week for several months because you need a runway. Yeah. You need some latitude to see if this really works and posting a few times is not, knowing if it works or not. And so you got to build an audience, see what other people are doing, put some time in some research. I don't know that it's going to be the best tool for most small businesses out there, but I, I do think there's mm-hmm. opportunity, especially if you have a good, um, a good following on other social platforms. It's definitely worth being there because you go to where the attention is. That, that's one of the the key hacks of yeah. social media, go to where the people are. Well,
0: One of the things, one of the things that I found fascinating when um, Musk and co open sourced their algorithm for Twitter was that likes carried so much more weight than comments and shares and and quote tweets. Um, I wonder if, if that same algorithmic strategy is going to be applied over in threads or if it's. Because up until that moment, I have always assumed that, um, that quote tweets, retweets were like the bee's knees, the best signal that, that you Same. could get that somebody genuinely liked it. And then when that dropped and you know, I'm like, wait, what? Likes? That's all I should have been going for? I mean, I've been on that platform for nine years, and I have like 460 followers. That's it. <laughs> so I'm kind of excited by Threads because maybe that will give me the opportunity to to grow in a space um, that is is new. Uh, I I've just been stuck in in tweet uh, Twitter or X or what are we going to call it now. Um, but another thing that that really intrigued me. Um, was over in, in Twitter, there's just if you go out of your lane like after you've been saying you know things like you need to post three times a week or even twice a week, but for months at a time, you're going to carve out your own identity profile within the 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 network. Um, from what I understand with Twitter, Your organic reach for others in that same cohort um, is, I don't know what it is, 10% call it. But if you try to go out of your lane, like you post, like maybe I start posting about um, crypto and that's not my lane. The organic reach is going to be squashed to virtually nothing.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Uh, So unless you've got 50 or 100,000 followers, nobody's going to see that tweet. And what scares me is I don't personally want to get boxed into only talking about digital marketing or only talking about WordPress development, which is what I, that's the lane that I've carved out over in, in Twitter. Um, So I'm with threads. I'm hoping to spread myself much, much wider so that the algorithms can't put me into a specific little box if they go that route. Um, but I, I mean, it's like, it's so confusing and frustrating. And I, I just, yeah. you know, I, I love Twitter, but I have zero following. Do you have a following over on Twitter? I'm curious. No, haven't, I've, I've haven't tried with my it.
1: podcast. I've tried um, the, the page I have now is just for personal use. I don't do anything with it. Um, from a personal side, I love Twitter. That's where I get a lot of my football, my sports mm-hmm. news, a little bit of politics, um, some finance stuff, because I like to follow the stock market. But I don't, I don't see it as being super valuable for most businesses now, unless you're in yeah. gaming, maybe you're in sports, news, finance, gambling, esports. There's some industries that can do very well, but the vast majority of businesses are not going to see a lot of success. Um, it, it to me, I think Twitter is more of a platform for consumption for most of us, and it, it's a, it's a bit like TikTok mm-hmm. in that regard, but. Because the algorithms on all platforms change rapidly, Uh, anytime someone says, oh, algorithm hack, there's no such thing. You cannot hack the algorithm. Imagine Google, for example. Mm -hmm. They have so many updates throughout the year, whether they're in one day or over the course of the year. There's almost as many updates as there are days in the year. There is no way. You cannot beat the algorithm. You cannot beat organic reach. Now, there are things you can do to get around it, but to your point, you have to try to understand the algorithms a little bit, because if you, the more you know, the more dangerous you can be. Um, I do believe that on some platforms yeah. like Twitter, that, that's a problem. On LinkedIn, I think when you're a little bit more general with business, you're, you're much better off. Um, and, but they do want to know if you have uh, creator mode turned on, the hashtags you talk about. Because again, if you go out of that, it may squash your reach. Or uh, reach has gone down a lot on LinkedIn just in the last few months. But that's what I love about LinkedIn. In comparison, is I, I don't want my wings to be clipped. I want to be able to talk about things because I am an entrepreneur. I like marketing, but social media is just a part, one of many parts of marketing. But then yeah. I also like to talk about leadership because I have a business and leadership podcast. So, like you, I I want to be able to drive down any lane on the highway I want to, and I don't want the platforms to have to do that to me. But you know, that that's the price we pay. And I think with threads would be a great opportunity for you. But I also think that that's what podcasts are for too. You can, you have the opportunity to talk about whatever you want. You can go as wide or as deep as you want. And so the hard part, and I, and I found this, I've learned this, is that the riches are really in the niches. I think that you're you're better off in a way because you can sound very intelligent talking about different subjects. But when people want a marketing consultant, They typically want an email marketing consultant or someone who's social media for the nonprofit sector. They want a specialist. People want someone who specializes in an area, and the world is very good about putting people in boxes. And so I could see why the social platforms want that as well.
2: That, I love- well, that brings up a question I have when, to, when working with clients and trying to come up with a content calendar that fits their brand. Um, for example, we have a client who is um, like a well-known professor and artist and uh, ad agency owner and speaker, and um, we're creating content for her and we're trying to stick in a niche for her. Um, but niche, niche, I can't I don't that word wrong. Um, but yeah, exactly. Um, but the but the thing is that can be frustrating is sometimes when you go onto Reels or YouTube um or Facebook, it feels like what you're what's getting engagement is are silly mm-hmm. things, mm-hmm. right? Funny things, entertainment, but that is not her style. It needs to be. And so what do you do? It needs to be. Well oh, that's busy <laughs> that that's the tough part. Like we want, you know, how do you work with a client who, who, and make their, their content fun Mm. and engagement and get engagement, but also stay on brand if that's not their, their thing. Like we don't want her to look silly. I love this subject
1: for a lot of reasons. (laughs) One, what's trending right now on LinkedIn are pictures of people. So some of the biggest creators that I know, and they're not necessarily influencers or not yet, but some of the biggest followings, they're posting pictures of themselves. I know a guy who posts pictures with this cat all the time. And those do better than posts created in Canva or Photoshop or anywhere else because there's this human connection. That's why it's called social media, it's media that's social, two-way connection. Platforms want people to create a relationship and you can't create relationships selling. You can't create relationships with graphic design posts. You can't get to know people, be vulnerable, or like, oh, I really love that person. You've never seen them before because they don't post pictures of themselves. The people who develop the biggest followings are the ones who are vulnerable. And if you think about the principles of personal brand, your business, and I have a slide deck on this, an hour and a half long presentation, your business starts with your personal brand. Everybody has a personal brand, whether you like it or not. Your personal brand is... How you walk, talk, and act in the office. Your body language. It's all the things you do online: the comments, the posting, the not posting, showing up late, showing up on time, sending people thank you messages. Everything you do is your personal brand. And so, let's focus more online. Is if you want to be hired for more speeches, for um, keynotes, you want to be on more podcasts, you have to put yourself out there. You you have to. It's a non negotiable. And so what do people want? They want to know, well, is she funny? Is she fun? Does she help me? So you one of the, the core things there, you have to be a thought leader. So yes, creating um, quote posts on, on LinkedIn, that's the bare minimum. That's easy. Anybody can do that. But you need to also talk about life. You have to talk about your life, maybe your family occasionally, occasionally. Um, and you have to open up. If you look at Gary Vaynerchuk, um, Mark Cuban, Damon John, I mean, I, Martha Stewart, you name anybody who's got a massive personal brand, they talk, they yeah. open up, they're yeah. vulnerable, they're not afraid. And this is the thing I tell people: you cannot be successful or run a business afraid or scared. You will never make it to where you want to be, and so you have to. What's the What's the worst that happens? Well, I don't want. It's not my brand. Well, it needs to be your brand because if it's not you're not going to get there. If you look at any of the most successful people who are speaking and getting paid to speak is they're connecting at a human level and human level connections start with being vulnerable, telling stories, inspiring, inspiring empowering, educating, or entertaining. And that, that's what I tell my clients you, is it's inspiring, you know empowering, I, educating, or entertaining. And if you can check those boxes, you have a very good recipe for success. You can't do it all every time, and I think but if you can do one or two of those in a post, you've got a winning recipe. And I, I, I want to touch on one more thing that, that that's she, important to this. She would be. One more thing is that if you look at Facebook, the number one thing that works uh, from not not a brand or a company page but a personal page is the most successful posts that live the longest are births, deaths celebrations like I'm pregnant, we're having a baby, we bought our first home. It's a celebratory narrative. If you have a life moment or a big victory, those things succeed. So again, it's inspiring or empowering. It's positive. If you have one of those narratives in your post, you're off to a good start, but you can't do that without opening up and talking about yourself, your life and helping people.
0: And I think I think that's wonderful advice because it totally tracks uh, with with my data as well. Um, but this particular client in particular, I, I think um, she has a vulnerable side, and maybe she doesn't have to be funny. Maybe she just has to be willing to share that side of of life, not necessarily um, uh, vulnerable in a in a negative space like willing to share negative right. whatever but vulnerable as in real you know not not maybe made up with the perfect hair and and the perfect shot uh you know m- less less post production and and more just <laughs> selfie mode
1: peel you know? back only the first layer All of right. the onion with her and then once she sees that yeah. and peel back the second layer and so on But I I would say if she's like, well, I don't, I don't know. I would show her what success looks like and go to TikTok, go to reels, go to shorts, whatever it is, and say, look at this individual who has probably half the qualifications and experience as you do. And look at the following he or she has built. Would you like that? Yes. Okay. Well, Mm -hmm. here's how they did it. And here's how you are going to do it.
2: Okay. So we have been, um, doing a lot of reels and shorts lately of her just talking about her she lives on a ranch so we've been going out to her ranch and showing where she you know the ranch and the cows in the field and we did we we um took did a reel of a tractor bailing hay in the field the other day and so that type of thing is we are starting to do and we are seeing some um good traction with that but then it always goes back to that question like what does this have to do with what she is selling it doesn't know? have and to do anything. That's the hardest thing to, to try to. I know. That's I know. the best part. So, but, okay. So, Chris, <laughs> so tell yes. me this though: at what point do you put in a reel about what what the client is selling, opposed to this other personal I stuff? Don't. Never? You never. On LinkedIn, do
1: it? Uh, since I since I have exited the agency world, I've never once posted about the services that I sell or what they go for. I sell by indirectly selling. I add so much damn value to my mm-hmm. followers' news feeds that as a byproduct, yep. they want to reach out. And they're like, hey, uh, do you want to come to my podcast? Hey, um, are you available to keynote this event? Or yeah. hey, like you talk about social media and making it easy. Can we just set up a, like a one-to-one so I can learn about that? And that, that's the thing is so I position myself. I'm not saying I am the best, but I position myself as being a leader in the space being super knowledgeable. I love to help. I love to educate. I love to inspire and empower. And if you can build a big enough following eventually, and eventually is like two or three years, people, the the tables turn, I'm telling you. So when, when I started to really focus on my, my personal brand, this was last fall. I mean, I've always kind of worked on it, but this was serious. I had a professor from Pakistan reach out and say, Hey, would you come and speak to my, my students? And I'm like, well, I, I can't come to Pakistan just to speak to your students, but I'll do it via Zoom. Uh, I had speaking opportunities. I had podcasters reach out. I had all kinds of really cool opportunities because I was putting myself on a platform to, for a good reason. I wasn't trying to sell. And that, that's one of my whole mottos I tell people is I sell by indirectly selling. Um, because you know what? Mm-hmm. Who wants to be sold to? That's a swipe. Nope. Go to the next video. Who wants to consume an advertisement? Swipe next video, next post. No, thank you. Um, I talk about this with my students. So when I was teaching in the fall, I was teaching juniors and seniors who are you know, in the ballpark of 21 years old, give or take. And they like, we don't, we don't like anything that looks like an ad. And if it says sponsored, we're moving on. So we look at what and how these brands were successful is they're creating casual content that weaves in some things about what they do. So people should know what you do, but if you're going to actively try to sell, Oh, I'm out. I'm, I'm backing up. So you yeah. have to let them know what you do, yeah. but you, you do it in a very subliminal way that they're like, Oh, when I'm ready, I'm g- You're the person I'm going to reach out to. But that's the thing is not everybody's ready. And by the way, I don't want to work with anybody who's not ready or who doesn't really want to work with me. Those make the worst clients. So when someone's ready, they're like, hey, I saw that. Absolutely. I really want to work with you. That is the best client. And the more of those you can get, yep. my God, my, your mindset changes. Your happiness changes. Everything changes because you got clients that are, that really respect what you do because of all of the work you've put in on your personal brand.
0: Yeah,
2: I- This I... makes complete sense. <laughs>
0: It totally tracks. And, and, you know, I feel like, I mean, you are preaching to the choir. I'm, I'm not a big advocate for selling myself. Um, I, my wife actually for years was a passion parties consultant and you know, she had an incredibly successful team selling sex toys basically, but very few people actually knew that, that was that was her business because she never tried to sell it. You know, her close friends knew it. Um, but as she as she would go out into the into the world, she never once talked about, oh hey, you should you should have a party and let me come. No, never. Never ever asked people. As people got to know her, as you said, a year, two years. As they got to know her and as a friend, and then they discovered what it was that she did they were like how long have you been doing this oh i've been doing it for ages really and and now they're intrigued they're interested and they've never felt sold to so they feel safe saying hey maybe if i would you right um and it was it was the perfect storm every single time she was incredibly successful at it she she never tried to recruit team members right like the typical llm <laughs> Or whatever it's called, multi-level MLL, multi-level MLM. That's the the acronym, multi-level marketing. You know, they're trying to recruit. Yeah. N- n- never, never trying to do that. Um, so it's it, this is exactly what you're saying. I I think that um, if our client, or if a, a person is a painter, you don't sell your paintings. You paint. Watch people paint, and then mm-hmm. they. The, they, the viewers, are like, oh, snap, that's beautiful. Same thing with musicians. They don't go on to uh TikTok or Instagram Reels and try to sell a CD. They go on and play the music mm-hmm. for free. And if you fall in love with that sound, you're likely to go and try and download them, buy the songs, mm-hmm. whatever it is. um So, yeah, I mean, if you are regardless of your business, unless you're B2B, that's a, that's a different game. But from a personal brand, I I don't think you ever should try to sell.
1: I want to touch on that because it It just doesn't track. I, I like where you're headed with that. I think of, so I, I own a party bike, pedal pub business. It's kind of a small little side hustle for me. I used to own a party bus business. And when I would talk to people, they'd like, how do you how did you do it? Like, how did you grow something from zero to sixty? And I said, Well, I don't sell tours. I don't really sell. I I sell and I promote online experiences. I'm like, well, what do you mean by that? And I said, Well, I create a video that looks like, and it is, you're having so much fun. You're smiling, you're laughing, you're spending time with people you enjoy, the sun is shining, uh, you're cheersing having a great time. And I want people to tag their friends and say, Susie, Tina, Chris, let's do that thing. Right. And I could just say, um, I'm working for a spa, say, uh, and I'm managing their social like, Oh, massages 20% off. Who cares? I, I don't care about that. But if you show me a video of someone in there, just like totally calm, relaxed, relaxed, get all of their (laughs) stress pushed out and they're just totally chill and zen. Now that's not really my thing, but I do like massages, by the way. I'm like, whoa, that looks like an an experience I haven't seen before. I need to experience that. I need to de-stress. I will buy the experience, Mm -hmm. but I'm not interested in buying the massage ad. That doesn't do anything for me. It's the experience and the affirmation of that will be me. And so I always say your content should really give someone a feeling or an emotion and if if an emotion, which is like excited, um, could be a lot of different things. And the feeling is, what do I need to do? Do I need to go to the website to learn more? Do I need to call to make a reservation? Do I book online? And so if you can create an emotion with your content, and again, it doesn't have to be sad or anything outrageous, just, Oh, I'm interested. That usually leads to an action. But if your content is a graphic design that's 20% off massages, who cares? That's white noise. Swipe to the next post. And so that goes back to selling by indirectly selling. They see the video, they get the feeling, they get the emotion, they take the action, and they don't even think they were sold. And so I think that's a big part of the approach we need to take with our content is just putting the human element back into it. So a lot of times when I'm working with small businesses, tour whoever. I said, you need to be a focal point. You can't hide because if you continue to hide, you will be in, as invisible as your social media is right now. People want to see you this social media. It, you're the business owner. People have the connection with you. Nobody connects is connected to your business. And that that's the whole part with personal brand is that we connect with people. We don't connect with businesses at, a, at an emotional level. And so if you can get the connection, yeah. you will get the conversion eventually. We worked with, um... I think
2: that, so I think Go ahead, uh, I was just going to say, I think I feel like the two uh, most difficult things for clients are a to um, get out of that shell, especially if they're introverted or right. Um, that's not their personality. It's really hard to get them to do that. And I think the second thing to explain to clients is that there's a long game. You know, we want to feel like all this work we're putting in, um, Is making a difference. And uh, oh my gosh, like you said earlier in the podcast, that or- organic social media is just, it's a long dead. game and it's so. Mostly? Yeah, dead. Mostly. And oh my gosh, it's, it's just really, it's really hard. These are the two things that I think are really, really difficult about social media. Yeah, farming. everything is the
1: yeah, long we, game. If you think about it, that was... there's no short game. <laughs>
0: We had a client that was, um, that sold water basically. And uh, we ran some really, really successful paid ads for them. Uh, but their social media game was, and probably still is, the water, advertising the water. Here's the water in this setting. Here's this person drinking this water. Here's that person drinking our water again. Hey, you can take your water and go over here. Um, And it had, I mean, beautiful, beautiful photos, beautiful graphics, like everything. it was, it's a gorgeous layout, but the engagement was really, really meh because it didn't have the personal touch, you know, lifestyle uh, photography, lifestyle videos is one thing, but it also has to be genuine and not staged. I mean, okay, it can be a little bit staged, right? We know you're setting this up, but it it doesn't want to be super, super polished. It wants to feel authentic, and um, that's really, really hard to get someone to to move into mm-hmm. that space. Is the authenticity of self, right, and not selling the thing? Uh, you know, it needs to be much more diverse. And yeah, maybe an image of a of a can can be in the back but it's not about the can it's about the person doing the thing um so yeah that that all lines up really well now i have another question for you chris if you don't mind yeah um public speaking how did how do you get into public speaking
1: well what made um, you go that route you you kind of have to put yourself into the arena and i i say this quote a lot but i say you know no one's looking out for you but you So if you want something, you have to go get it. And when I worked in the agency world, one of the ways that I would find new clients is I would go to chambers and I would put myself out there and say, hey, I saw someone was speaking about marketing. If you're ever looking for speakers, would you ever consider me? And so chambers were like, oh yeah, sure. You're a member, we'll have you come speak. And I got a lot of good feedback, so more and more. And then I got some referrals and then I'd reach out to like, the Lions Club or the Rotary Club, um, local universities. And then eventually, you know, started getting myself on some podcasts. And all it takes is is an email. And so I eventually created a speaker sheet, some subjects that I talk about, some links to social. Um, and obviously, you have to start by positioning yourself as a thought leader because of like, well, who are you? Well, you don't have a website. You don't have a social media presence. Like, Oh, well, probably not going to use you. So you have to have a platform. You have to be visible, even if you don't have a big following. And again, position yourself. So rather than saying, like, I'm Chris, I talk about marketing. Who cares? I had to craft a tagline, which is I make marketing so easy, it's fun again. And I've got different iterations of that. And I've got, um, I say, different topics with a probably a two-sentence description of what they are. And most of them are based off of slide decks and presentations I've delivered. So when people say, oh, like you can talk about how to bootstrap your marketing on a small budget. You can talk about how to increase talent acquisition and talent retention through social media. Oh, that's an interesting one. Can you come talk about that? Yeah, sure. I'd love to. Um, and so, again, you have some collateral to position yourself. And I constantly do it. I've, I've probably been on 20-some podcasts this year. And I just find ways to reach out to people. There are online communities. There are pages generally with smaller podcasts. You can just go to their website or you can find them on LinkedIn or a different platform and shoot a message. And so you have to kind of build some of the foundation, which is it's really helpful to have a landing page, which is a website, have a small following on at least one or two social media platforms. You don't have to be posting daily or recording videos or have a podcast of your own. But the more of that you have, the more credible you're going to look and have, again, topics and things that you can talk about. You have to tell them why you're going to be a good fit for the show. And then um, what, what's going to happen is you'll have a snowball effect. And then what I've done is I've started to link all of them on a media page on my website. So if you say, oh, has this guy ever spoke at anything, and they can go and say, oh, well, he actually has spoken things before and he does sound fairly credible but it takes years to get on stages and start to get paid. It, it took me probably four and a half years before I got paid to speak. And um, that was my first keynote and that was a pretty exciting time.
0: So do you, um, do you repurpose the podcasts for your social media? Do you add uh, shorts? Because that's kind of our game is we use this podcast uh, more as a content creator than anything else, right? Uh, we love the conversations that we have, but also social media takes so much time. Mm. And we have all of these thoughts, but it's hard to tease them out. You know, I don't want to write about it, but if I, I'm having a conversation like I'm having with you, all of a sudden um, I get to say something that I've been thinking about for a long time, but haven't really like come to the surface to talk about it. I hear you say something that I'm like, oh man, that's, that's fantastic. Um, I want to use that for social media or we'll take the transcript and we have all of our transcripts on our website, kind of in a, a conversation, you know, Facebook message group message where it goes, boop, 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 um, so that if people are looking for it, they can find our conversation and find, you know, read through it. If they, if they pr- prefer to access the content that way, are you repurposing your, your content on multi-levels?
1: Yeah. How and, and where? And that's part of making it easy. And a lot of people have really beautiful content that they don't repurpose. And it's a shame because most of the stuff we post is evergreen, meaning it's not dated. It's things that you can use again, three months or six months, a year or two years down the road. Some things can't last that long, but some things can last longer. And it's a beautiful thing when you hop on a Zoom call, even a networking call, And you're like, hey, do you mind if I record this? And they're going to ask you some questions. You're going to ask them. And it's not a podcast, but if you record that and you record yourself talking about something, you now have a video that you can chop up and get shorts and reels from. So what we do is we record a podcast just like you do right here in Riverside. Most of them are about 45 minutes in length. And there is a guest. There's also two hosts, just like you have. And the average podcast I get about 15 clips from, 15 videos that are 60 seconds or less. And I use that one video and I put it out on Instagram, LinkedIn, YouTube shorts, and TikTok. I stopped doing Twitter because I wasn't seeing the value there. And um, it, it works amazing. And I'm telling you what, that type of content people resonate with, you pick up a lot more followers and a lot more engagement because you're adding value to their newsfeed by educating and that, that is one of the number one reasons TikTok and Shorts and these platforms are big right now is because it, it checks the box on educating or entertaining. Some of it is inspiring and empowering. Mm-hmm. And again, if you can check the, those boxes all the time, you have a very big recipe for success. And in the long haul, you'll, you'll see results a year down the road. But I know some people that go as far as to take the copy, uh, which will be the transcript, and they'll, they'll pull out snippets and they'll put it into a graphic design post in Canva and they'll use that. So again, there's so many ways you can repurpose. I've even done that to create my description Is I'll put it into ChatGPT and I'll say, hey, because by the way, if you have a, a Chrome extension, you can click on your YouTube video and it gives you the transcript in ChatGPT. You take that, yep. you I've say, hey, it. here's the conversation. Can you repurpose this for a podcast description? repurpose it. I always put my touch on it. I don't publish anything directly from chat GPT without editing it. And I, I do quite a bit cause I don't want it to sound robotic. And it's a, it to me, it saves me probably a half hour or more in that I've got something that is written in my tone and my voice, and it is absolutely phenomenal. And again, you can even take some of that and use it for social media. So AI is a phenomenal way to help with the repurposing recycling of content, whatever you want to call it, all the same to me. And you should. And a lot of times I'll look back at the best performing content and I may reuse it, whether it be a flashback Friday or throwback Thursday, or even doesn't have Mm -hmm. to be. And because only 5% of your followers even see your content at best, they won't even know if you repurposed it or not most of the time.
0: Yep. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Again, that's part of making Um, social media easy repurposing.
0: So, are you uh, using Claude by any chance, or are you Claude? just a GPT?
1: No, Claude? I've uh,
0: yeah, dot AI.
1: No, I've used uh ChatGPT. I've used other AI tools, uh, WordTune, and there's another um, Grammarly is kind of an AI tool as well. And I'm I noticed that uh, even WordPress has AI integration now with writing. So there's a couple that I've experimented with, but I have not. Um, Is Hemingway, is that another one? I've heard some friends talk about that.
0: Uh, Well, Hemingway app um, we use for uh, updating readability. I don't know if it's turned AI integration yet, but I I assume that that's something that would be coming down the pipeline very soon if it's not done yet. Um, But claude.ai is a phenomenal, it's a, I think from a, a content creation perspective, it's much, much less robotic. It feels much more like you're okay. almost talking to a human. Um and uh instead of having a twenty-five thousand character limit, it has a seventy-five thousand word limit. Well. Wow. So basically take gone with the wind and upload it and you can upload files into Claude. It doesn't crawl the internet. Um and it's a shame that ChatGPT got rid of uh, its connection to Bing because that was a very, very powerful tool for a half a minute. Um, yep. But try it out because it's it's phenomenal. It's my new favorite. It's my go-to.
1: I will. I've experimented with Bard. I, I don't know that it's as good, but I've, I've got so much invested in ChatGPT that it knows so much about my business and who I am and what I do. That the output now with four mm-hmm. is way better than three point five I think four is really really good. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. I'd love to experiment with Claude mm-hmm. to see how it it stacks up
0: it's it's incredible. Just a quick story though it does hallucinate like I started working with it um, to write this massive massive uh, project, and before I dove into the project, I wanted to train it. To uh, build its own memory, so it can reference its own memory, either in JSON or or some other. I'm using something called Message Pack, but originally it was we built a database, and then we built an API, and we you know have all the the bells and whistles built into it. It told me it was production worthy. And this is really like an eight hour conversation going back and forth, back and forth. Okay, here's the database. Now, how do I integrate the API? What what tools do I need to use? And okay, go and check it. Oh, you need to update this. You need to update that. It's production ready. I said, okay, so let's test it. Go and do a test. And I said, test's perfect. Um, you could update this, this or this, but it's it's ready. So I, I started on using that that memory base um eight hours after and uh its response was something like yes yeah, sorry as an ai tool i don't have actual uh connection to the internet i can't <laughs> I'm like, wait what we just went through this this whole thing and built this amazing tool and you're telling me you you can't use it <laughs> <laughs> Were you even checking it? Oh yeah, no, I I wasn't. I must have, I must have been telling you what I thought you wanted to hear. I'm sorry. <laughs> You're amazing, but what? Yeah, it was painful, but also incredible that it could hallucinate for that long, uh through that depth of a project.
2: But whatever.
1: That's that's. But Claude is
0: is phenomenal. It is phenomenal.
1: I'm gonna check yeah. it out. Appreciate that. It's gonna. Um,
2: It's going to be interesting to see what happens. I mean, we're just at the very beginning of AI, right? And it's gonna. I wonder what we're going to be talking about a year from now, (laughs) as in terms of AI and everything it's doing for us and how it's going to change the way we, you know, create content. Um, Well, it's going to be really interesting.
0: One of our clients um, is in the biotech space, and they've got an AI tool that I'm totally hoping to uh, repurpose to my own. Uh, devices not in the biotech space at all. Um, but their tool connects to Canva, you no, know, Canvas, like the mm-hmm. um, the in class, you know, kind of uh, LLM. LMS, and, I mean, LMS L, learning management LMS, system. That's yeah. the one. Um, it connects to <laughs> Canvas, and you can click a little icon and it will open up the, the AI and you can have a conversation with it uh, instead of calling your your prof, reaching out to the TA to ask those very typically mundane questions that, I mean, it's on page 23. Did you not read page 23, second paragraph down? It's right there. Instead of having to take those, um, those questions and field them, the AI will have all of the content from that curriculum embedded in it. And so the students can go and, and just ask it questions and get the answers. I love that. Instantly instead of having to wait. It's so, I mean, AI is, is amazing. Um, that tool, by the way, is called Priya. I don't know if uh, if if you are in an LMS space, but if you want something and you use Canvas, then look for Priya because it's <laughs> legit. Um, yeah. But I'm kind of worried I'm going to
2: lose my job. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm Daniel's TA at the University yeah. of Texas in our digital mo- uh, boot camp. Like, dang. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not worried about it. It's it, it, it,
1: interesting. Yeah. Little, little, little I, I think there there are a fair <laughs> amount of people who are anti-AI, but you know what I always say is I'm like, hey, do you use Siri or Alexa or Amazon? Because they all have built-in yeah. AI you've I been using. Like. Oh, I don't like it. Well, yeah, you, in years. about two years or maybe even yeah. a year, you're going to look at it and say, how am I now just getting on ChatGPT or MidJourney or name any other... There's, I mean, there's hundreds, thousands of AI tools out there. Yeah. Chat GPT yep. is one not and they way. do a, a plethora of things. Some are for writing, some are for image creation, you name it. it. It is amazing, the AI out there. And when you start to see how it can help you, you will not, you're, you're not going to be anti-AI anymore. You just, you need to see the value rather than yep. there are a lot of places looking at the negatives and there, and there certainly are, but most people are using it for good.
2: Yeah.
0: So Chris, before, um, before we close the show, I want to ask you, is there one piece of advice or one thing that you think, um, really you want to be able to communicate to our listeners, your listeners, the world in general that, uh, that you wouldn't mind sharing with us right now?
1: Piece of advice?
0: Yeah. Maybe in the business digital marketing kind of space, social media, whatever it is.
1: Yeah. So to me, I would say, if you're looking for something that I haven't already said, I'm going to, or haven't maybe gone into enough, is I, I think that if you're looking for success, don't think of anything as doing one thing. You could start doing any one thing I've talked about today and you won't see it move the needle a whole lot. Success to me is a recipe. And so I I write this in my book and this is a part of a lot of my, my presentations is that if you travel the world and you ask people for a recipe for chili, you're gonna get thousands of variations, maybe tens of thousands of variations. And the reason why is because everybody has something a little bit different in their proverbial pantry. Who you cook for what you like. So if your flavor profile is spicy and bold, you're going to do that. Now, if uh, in my part of the world, they put noodles in the chili. Some people hate that. Um, Some people are ground beef only, or some people are like, hey, you put a little bit of everything in there. And there's a lot of variations between spicy, not spicy. I could go on and on. Your culture, heritage, have a lot to do with how you cook. And so when you think about a recipe is you've got a dozen ingredients or more for chili. And the same is true in marketing. Now, obviously, we're going to have the social media component. We're going to have a website. We're going to have SEO. We're going to have email marketing, paid ads. I could go on and on and on, but you get the point. Some of those are more important. Now, some people may not have to do email marketing, uh, but you you might want to add it. Now, Some people are looking at it like, well, I don't do ads. Well, that could be the missing link, but don't just do ads and say, well, this is the one thing that's going to get me over the hump because success is in this recipe it's doing all 10 or 12 or 14 of those things and doing them pretty well. And they all work together to help inch you toward success. And so that recipe is a strategy in business and in marketing. But the problem with the strategy is that most of them that I've built in the past were 30 page documents filled with mostly fluff and things, half of which that you wouldn't need. If you scale that back to the most important stuff, it's a one page document maybe two, cut out all the junk, which is here's what I want to achieve. Here's my crystal clear vision. Here is the data, which is you have to kind of audit things before to know what an intelligent goal would look like. Most goals are arbitrary. And then you you have an implementation plan, which is I've got stuff on my calendar that I have to once a week, I'm batching content in Canva. Once a week, I've got a half hour to respond to DMs and comments and things like that. And if you protect that time and you actually do those things, you'll see, wow, it gets done. But if you don't protect your time, this means you don't value any of that stuff. You don't really care how successful you are at the end of the year. So you have to have a strategy, but it has to be simple because if it's not simple, you won't do it. Just the thought of that 10-page strategy or 20-page strategy in your file cabinet to your left will stress you out and you won't do anything with it. But the implementation plan is key. And if you have those things and you follow through, which is the execution part, implementation plan, I guarantee you'll have success. But when I say that, the caveat is, I guarantee you'll have success in a year, two years, three years, four years. But as we've said throughout this podcast, this is a journey. And it, it is, it's a marathon, but it's a series of sprints because sometimes we are sprinting, not always. But you do have to pace yourself because if you're not willing to invest a year, you'll be what I call the toe dipper and I talk about this a lot too, is like, I ran an ad, didn't work. I posted on reels. It didn't work. I'm like, you did one time and your ad didn't work because your creative sucked. Well, I'm driving traffic with my ads. Well, your website is not mobile friendly. It's slow and there's no calls to action. Well, no wonder the ad didn't, the ad actually worked great because people went to your site, but they didn't buy anything because your website sucks. So that's why I say you have to look at everything holistically, as I'm knocking things out of place here, and everything is related to the next thing. So your email marketing might be killing it. But if your website is not set up for conversions, it's going to seem like it's a waste of time. So we have to do all the things in this recipe of all the ingredients and cared for and do them well. And over a period of time, you'll see momentum build and you'll see success, but it takes time. So be patient.
2: Oh man, you're speaking our language, Chris. <laughs> we love it. It's so true. Yeah. You can't cut. You can't cut corners anywhere, especially in digital marketing. You people will notice. Uh, one of those things you mentioned not working can break an entire strategy. It's so true. You have to be patient. You have to care about all those things that you just talked about. Everything needs to work together, and um, you know, think about every single angle.
0: Yeah, and you have to be awesome. ready Good to advice. play the long game. You know, I, I think it's yeah. important that that the the long game is your your strategy. If you're looking for uh, quick wins, um, true success is not going to be a quick win. It's you have to be willing to not only put in the work and stay consistent, but you have to be willing to wait. This is great advice, Chris. Thank you so much for for joining yeah. us. Um, we really appreciate you on the show, and I hope that you will let us uh, pick your brain every once in a while as yeah. new questions occur within our agency that we don't have answers to. I now believe I, I know someone who may just have some answers. So thanks again, yeah. Chris. Thank you. We really appreciate you.
2: <laughs> so nice to meet you. Likewise.
0: Thanks for tuning in to the We Rock DM podcast. We hope you found our discussions on digital marketing and web design and development helpful and informative. Don't forget to follow us on social media and subscribe to our podcast to stay up to date on the latest trends and strategies in the world of online business. We'll see you in the next episode of We Rock DM, where we make kick-ass stuff
2: kick-ass.